0: can you remind me if, if you'll if you be so kind staring out into space asking god to hear my case trying to think of all things past how long will my memory
1: Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. I hope you're having a great day today. Before we get started with our show, I always like to give people a little idea of who the heck we are because we're always getting new listeners. So I'll just get that housekeeping out of the way. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by sharing forces and, and knowledge that we have and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove a lot of the stigmas and myths attached to memory loss and help people continue to live purpose-filled lives. At our core, we also believe collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working because of all of you. You see your likes, your clicks, and your shares with your Facebook friends, your Twitter tribes, your Pinterest peeps, your LinkedIn colleagues have had a huge impact in moving our content out into the world. Um, Back in 2012, we were recognized by uh, ShareCare, which is uh, the largest health and wellness company out there in Dr. Oz as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And again, that was because of you guys sharing not only our radio show, but our webinars that we do called Dementia Chats, our information on our blogs, our Twitter pages, our Facebook pages, YouTube, etc. So um, thank you so much for being so kind and generous. And we hope that you will continue to share information um, you know, with your spheres. Because you know, we all have people that are dealing with this that we don't even know are dealing with this, and they're just kind of not comfortable coming out of the closet yet. Um, so the more information that can be in front of people, the easier it's going to be for them to reach out and grab it. So today I am lucky enough to have a co-host with me, and his name is Craig Hankey. and Craig is actually living with dementia. So welcome, Craig. Would you mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself, please?
2: I'm from Wisconsin. I'm 57 years old. I was diagnosed with early onset Lewy body dementia with Parkinsonism symptoms at age 53.
1: Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule. Now, our guest today, um, we are really lucky to have Becky Watson with us, and she is a board-certified music therapist. And a lot of you are wondering, what the heck is that? And she will tell us exactly what that is a little later in the program. She's also the founder and the owner of Music for Wellness, and she is a former Navy captain, who served our country for over 25 years. So, whoop, whoop, thank you so much for your service, Becky. Really appreciate that. Um, She has always been passionate about supporting health and wellness through music. And after her um, career in the Navy, she completed multiple training programs, including Teba Snow's Positive Approach to Care, which if you haven't taken it, you want to check that out. Today, we are going to have just a fascinating conversation about the gift of music and how to create joy through rhythm. So thanks for joining us, Becky. How are you today?
3: I am fired up. That is a bass drum, which I play just to introduce myself. So I am so honored and so happy to be here to help reach your audience, Lori. Thank you.
1: Well, great. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Can we start? I always like to ask people one question. Um, and that is, have you personally been touched in your own family or circle of friends, uh, with dementia? I have not personally with my family.
3: However, when I was in my music therapy internship at Eastern state hospital, which is a mental health facility here in Virginia, um we had the opportunity to work with uh, acute psych for adults and also for geriatrics and I was the geriatrics why it was sing, why i play a drum or i would um, strum a guitar that's where i really realized how much music impacted people with dementia so oh. even though i haven't with a family, I have really found out several years ago how much music helps them with dementia.
1: Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. Why don't we start with if you can tell people, um, you know, why you decided to become a board uh, certified uh, music therapist and what, you know, um, what that actually means?
3: Yes. First of all, uh, I am so honored to be here, Lori. You have such a great podcast that that talks about crisis to comfort. And I'm just so honored to be able to share what I know. Um, So what is a board certified music therapist and how I went from being in the Navy to being in the music? Just real short story, I uh, grew up on a farm in Kansas, went to school first, uh, college uh, because I was a musician. I played the piano, guitar, clarinet, and organ, and went to college on a music scholarship. But halfway through college, I realized I really liked business. And I didn't want to teach, nor did I want to perform in music. So I finished my business degree, and then I really wanted to see the world. What better way to see the world than to join the Navy? (laughs) (laughs) So I joined the Navy uh, to see the world, and I was on active duty for seven years. And all through my active duty days, I will say my, I felt I was missing something. I felt wasn't following my true passion, which is
0: music. Mm -hmm.
3: So after seven years of active duty, I decided to get out, stay in the reserves, Navy reserve and go back to school because I really missed music. And that's when I discovered music therapy as a college degree, as a profession. So what is music therapy? I like to keep it very simple is using music to reach non-musical outcomes. And it is through a college degree, which really is music, because we're a musician first. We also have the clinical skills. We have um, education also in psychology. It's practically a minor in psychology. In addition to that, we have all these medical background as well, a lot of medical classes as well, because music reaches all aspects from cradle to grave. So getting a degree in music therapy is very intense. Um, it took me 19 years but I had a, a devotion back in the Navy. It only really takes four and a half years. But for me, it took me a, a long time, It's very long journey. But um, after you get a degree in music therapy, a part of the degree process is after the classes of music and psychology, then you have to do an internship. We did an internship. Um, I did mine close to where I lived here in Virginia at Eastern State Hospital. And that was for six months. And that's over 1,200 clinical hours with a supervised music therapist Mm -hmm. um, in a certain population. In addition to that, once you're done with that, then you take a board certification exam. Now for me, it took me so many years to get my music therapy degree because I had to make diversions in the Navy for good reasons, but I just was called both places uh, the music therapy. The board certification exam was a four-hour exam. It is intense because you're you're getting quizzed on every way music impacts children to uh, hospice to you know, neonatal to autistic. I mean, autistic. So it was really tough, but I did it. I I I got through the exam, um, and then music therapists. Once you're board certified, we have clinical hours, we have to do credit credentials, we have to do education afterwards, so we have to maintain our skills through uh, CEU courses. Um, and I had just found during my internship, that was really meant a lot to me. I realized how much I could really help people with uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. And I really focused my business last couple of years with that. So it's really using music to reach non-musical goals in a a clinical bias in clinical way that um, is evidence-based research supporting it.
1: Okay, wonderful. Now, um, you know, one of the things that, that, and you talked about this a little bit, um, but in in a nutshell, what would you say the biggest differences are in terms of uh, a certified music therapist versus an entertainer in terms of their impact Um, with a person.
3: Oh, that's a great question because I see it a lot, especially in in the seniors and with the older adults. What a music therapist brings is we bring the clinical experience. We can really adapt. We can read, uh, the way music impacts, um, a person with dementia. So, an entertainer is wonderful. I collaborate with a lot of entertainers because we can't be. Music therapists can't be everywhere. There's mm-hmm. only seven thousand of us in the United States. There's not very many. Mm-hmm. So, entertainers are great about. it. They can engage the um, the seniors that are attending a program. The so music therapists we usually have smaller groups, but we can really take what the person with dementia can give us, and we can we can read what they're saying, read what they're doing, and be able to alter in the moment. Mm -hmm. So we do, we do session plans. We make sure everything is really adaptable. We modify it very on the spot, um, because we have those clinical skills. In addition to, we have the musician skills, and music therapist also does an assessment. So before I go into a facility to, as a potential client, or as a potential facility as a client, I really do a, a demonstration to see, do they need a music therapist? Or can an entertainer work? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause some high functioning senior, they just want somebody to, to them. That's great because they can hire Elvis. Well, you can't hire Elvis, but <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of Elvis personators here in our community, but you can hire an entertainer for that. But mm-hmm. so if you want somebody to have a smaller group that really wants to interact and be able to reach more goals than just entertainment, Music um, therapists are really good at that. So you have the assessment where you're really looking at the skills of that individual or that group provides. But also, I I like to say it is at the end of a session I write a narrative or write progress notes and give it back to the facility so they know what we did.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: I have the goals in there, so the goals are very intentional. We did this song because of we you know those kind of things. So Music therapists really are—we are uh, we're skilled. We have plentiful skills that really back up being able to reach, at a, I guess, much a richer experience for the person with dementia.
1: Okay, great, um, Craig. I just want to ask you if you had—if um, you had a good understanding between a music therapist and an entertainer, or if that even crossed your mind. or...
2: Um, i didn't until she explained it but oh. now I do
1: okay because a lot a lot of people don't even know that you guys exist um and and I know I didn't until you know my mom had dementia and um... i didn't, Lori, you know I didn't either <laughs> here I was
3: you know here I was seven years of active duty in the navy I wanted to go back to school because I wanted to finish my music degree but I didn't want to perform nor did I want to teach uh-huh. and I upon music therapy by walking on a college campus. I didn't either. So I'm big on advocating what is music therapy and how it can help uh, for very, very uh, specific skills
1: and goals. Yep, I agree, I agree. Now, the, one of the things, you know, you had come on with the drum and stuff. Can you tell us what is rhythm-based music therapy? What What exactly does that mean? And how do people get involved with something like that?
3: Well, rhythm is one of the components of music. Music has four elements. Rhythm, you have melody, harmony, and you have, I call it silence, or you have space.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Rhythm is really motion. If you look at what the definition of rhythm is, it, it is element of music pertaining to forward motion. It moves us forward in life, especially when you feel challenged or stuck. So rhythm, you know, we're, the first sense we are hearing when are in our mother's womb is the sense is our mother's heartbeat. That is rhythm. You know, it's a steady pulse, is in a heartbeat? So it, it's just the tapping of a drum. So what is this rhythm-based music therapy? Is a music therapy practice that really emphasizes on rhythm. Rhythm being, we use that as a primary reason. Reason. And most of my groups have some type of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Rhythm, I talked about being the 15 E. The first reason why it's rhythm is just easy. Easy being is part of our body. We, we are wired for rhythm. We have our heartbeat that is our pulmonary rhythm. We have our, i our cardiac rhythm. We have our circadian rhythm, which is our sleep-wake cycle. We have also our brain rhythm, you know, alpha, beta waves. So we are biologic- biologically wired for rhythm. And we can't help it. You know, we, we tap our toes. We, we have rhythm in our heart. We breathe with rhythm. Um, so first of all, And it used, I mean, if you use instruments with the rhythm, it just elevates and it uh, brings a different dynamic level to it. So it's basically using rhythm in a way that, Anybody can do because it's easy. And there's a couple other reasons why I like to use rhythm. It it, it energizes.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Many places I go to, uh, the residents have been sitting for a little while and they're looking for some way to be engaged in a meaningful purposeful task that uh, energizes them. And just like that drum, you can kind of tell what my rhythm was because I played it at a very fast tempo, Mm -hmm. but you can alter the tempo. So it's using the rhythm that anybody can do because we're we're wired for it. Um, may not be able to say a word, but you can still tap your toes, clap your fingers, snap your fingers, you know, nod your head. That's mm-hmm. all in rhythm.
1: Okay. And, uh, I guess I remember seeing that with my, my mom, you know, even when she was in the end stages, you know, she would just kind of, her body would come alive, even though she couldn't speak and sometimes wouldn't even have her eyes open. Those toes would be tapping or her wrist would be going or even her fingers. It didn't make any difference, but she, she could feel the beat. Now, um, part of what I, you know, and I don't know if I'm correct on this, but it seemed like her body could actually feel the beat. It wasn't just about hearing. It it seemed to me um, that her senses got higher in a lot of different areas. And I'm going to ask Craig this. Craig, do you feel like your, your sense of um, touch and maybe uh, even smell or um, sight, uh, uh, do you think any of those have increased for you? Sound?
2: Um, my sight has actually decreased, but sound and um, uh, hearing has increased.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's like when somebody is blind that their hearing more or less takes over. Okay. The sense, sense of smell has been um, influenced by the dementia also. A lot of, um, like, burning wire kind of smells.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of people, and then that kind of scares them if there's a fire because they think that it's not real because they just smell smell that now. But I, I know with my mom, she seemed to be extra tuned into sound. And, um, and, and I've heard, you know, like there's different types with the drum. I've heard that they can feel the vibration or the harps. Is, is that... Um, is that something that's been researched, Becky, or is that just a wives' tale that's whipping around out there? Yes,
3: yes there's, there's been research with that, definitely, um, especially with the rhythm uh, with music therapy, especially with music therapists. But yes, there's been research, especially it's called rhythmic auditory stimulation, mm-hmm. RAS. And that's used quite frequently with people with a stroke, recovering from a stroke, or even Parkinson's, but mostly with stroke rehab where they will actually play a drum beat or a metronome, mm-hmm. something with a very steady beat, and they'll walk with, walk with you know, especially with a slight gait, the unbalanced gait or a gait that's not um, quite even. They will actually tap the rhythm with a drum or a metronome, and their gait will improve.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's been very, in fact, we have a place here in our local community that's doing, still doing research on this but they can measure how the the walking has improved through the RAS, which is basically rhythmic auditory stimulation where they're actually tapping the beat and their body is respond, their muscles are responding to the beat. Okay. So the mind's not, it's the muscles, it's muscle memory. So muscles is doing that. They do that a lot with a uh, seat as well. Um, they'll do uh, not so much of the drumming, but with music.
0: Okay. Um, Bill, yes,
3: it's, it's all kinds of great research. In fact, Craig, I was going to suggest that uh, you can, I'm not sure if you, have you used music at all to help help uh, with your walking. Do you have any issues walking as far as with a gait? Uh,
2: not a gait as of yet, but I do have a lot of trouble um, with stability. Yes, you,
3: I would say one thing you may want to try or explore is if you have some, some music that's got a steady rhythm um i call it even a march but something that matches where you're at you know energized wise you don't get something too fast but you might see if that helps with your balance you know um just like i said balance because i could see with your vision being impaired that definitely messes with you know it helps It they affect your other some other senses sure I yeah
1: They they're, Yes. No, I was, I was just going to add, I just saw on Facebook the other day, somebody had posted a, um, I, I want to say it was a therapist and she was walking with a man who had Parkinson's and he was very stiff and, you know, she had the belt around him and, you know, she's, she says in her little, you know, handmade video, she <laughs> said, I want you to watch this. We're going to watch him walk his normal gait. And I want you to see how he struggles and how off balance he is. And she, you know, used the belt and he was using his walker and um, just having a difficult time moving around. And then she said, okay, now we're going to stop and we're going to turn on the music. And she just, you know, put her, her phone on when played music. And they stood there for maybe 30 to 60 seconds, probably 30 seconds, till his body got the beat and you kind of saw him bouncing. And then he started walking, his whole gait changed like instantly. And pretty soon he put his walker to the side and pretty soon she was able to take the belt off him. And the next thing you knew he was dancing with her. I mean, and it was just like, it, it was unbelievable, you know, to see that and you, you hear those stories and, you know, of course you have to be careful, you know, with, uh, you don't want anyone to fall. And this was a professional working with somebody but it was it, it was really amazing to be able to see that occur and you could just even tell by the by his facial expressions what was going on and that he was absolutely so, That's so engaged yeah. oh so engaged so amazing yes yeah wonderful. so that that might be something you want to check out and see if you see a difference at all or, or maybe you already have craig in terms of um does have you felt music change your mood or your, or your walking gait or anything like that? Have you noticed a difference?
2: Music definitely changes my mood. Um, I've been playing trumpet for 49 years and just took up the guitar. Um, So I go to music as a a backup when things are, when medication's not working or I'm having a bad day. I usually go play my own music or play music on the radio.
3: Oh neat that's wonderful that's wonderful Craig that's
1: great. I learned something new every time with my experts living with dementia. Now I did not know that about him, so that's kind of a a fun little detail there to know. Can you tell us um Becky, what are some important points to consider with the sensory changes you know as a person ages um and or you know has dementia because people with all ages can get dementia. Um, especially with percussion instruments, what should they be looking for or trying to do?
3: Oh, that's a great question, Lori. Because I will say, in the field of uh, you know the senior care industry, people just want to help. Um, professionals, music therapists, but also even just care partners and entertainers—they just want to help. And so they think it's doing a great. They think it's doing a great. Um, service to folks. So I would say music is very powerful. It's a gift, mm-hmm. but it's also a risk, mm-hmm. R-I-S-K, especially percussion. And I would say I had the hugest aha moment when I went to the virtual dementia tour, which is a um, by secondwind.org. It's a simulation of going in, in awareness of something with dementia.
0: Mm-hmm. And I went
3: through that experience. It was just really. It made me realize how important it is to really factor those things in. So, uh, with specifically with percussion, first thing is you got to make sure um, if somebody's in a highly elevated state, uh, you are very agri- um, you know, just really agitated, you mm-hmm. know, very emotional. The last thing you want to do is hand them a music instrument or a drum. Sure. Uh, sometimes. They could, they could be a weapon, Mm -hmm. So I I spend one day a week at a geriatric psych hospital and I'm learning every single day. Um, But one thing I say, you really gotta look at their mood. I mean, at some point you could probably help them scale. but the biggest thing is it can really, it it make people more um, agitated just because the rhythm might be too loud sure for them so So, very first thing
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna interrupt you for a second because some of our listeners might not know what a percussion instrument is can you name off a few yeah percussion
3: could be a shaker when Mm -hmm. i say shaker um egg like a uh, an egg shaker it's like a little egg but filled with It's a shaker
0: Mm
3: -hmm. i love little shakers because it's energized Mm -hmm. Uh, percussion could be any type of drum um, our pots and pans, when we were young, living, you know, when we were young and toddlers, we probably played our pots and pans at home, <laughs> That, you know, that, with, a, with a spatula. Mm-hmm. That could be a percussion instrument. But a drum, a, a different types of drums. I like using little, they call them sound shapes, they're mm-hmm. made by Remo, R-E-M-O, sound shapes. But they look like a little plate. They're flat. Drums of different shapes, but because i go to so many facilities, I like taking the sound shapes because you can put them in your lap and you play the drum with your fingers or with a mallet. Okay. So the drums, you can, they're so accessible because there's really only two different sounds you can really, or say notes you can get from a drum. You've got the inner part of the drum, which is which has the deepest sound, and then you on the outer where the rim is. You have a higher higher sound higher frequency so it's a higher um note unlike a piano which i was trained you know i was trained as a pianist um you have 88 keys you know lots of choices lots of ways to get mistakes (laughs) but with a drum you basically have a drum head Mm
0: -hmm. you
3: just you can tap it with your fingers with your hand with your knuckles or with a mallet okay um so yeah our, our, our tambourine it's basically a drum. It could be a drum or it could be opening with, with bells on the edge. So percussion really is you have your wood and you have your sand blocks. So you have wood percussion, you have drums, you have shakers, and you also have what we call them the metals, M-E-T-A-L. Mm-hmm. M-E-T-A-L. Uh, it could be like your triangle, tambourine it could be a metal. Uh, you think it makes a higher pitch uh, chimes of metals.
1: So different, 40, but really different types of percussion. Okay. So. Great. Well, thank you for, for clarifying that. So is that something that, that families can try on their own? I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, dollars are short when dementia hits. And so can they get some of these percussion instruments and try some of this stuff at home? Absolutely. I would say start
3: with a, um, I would tell my, um, my family members who are interested in doing something at home start with really something very simple um, with a buffalo drum or some type of drum. It could be a a, um, a bigger drum, but something just to see if they react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using my buffalo drum a lot, which is basically a a, a drum that you hold from the back with a ropes, It's a 16-inch bass drum, um, and you give the you give the person if you like. Mm-hmm. or they can play with this, But it gives a way of communicating. Um, this week I've been doing a lot with my facilities with uh, heart beat rhythms, you know, the heartbeat, very simple heartbeat, And I have the person tap the, the drum and I hold it for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those are very accessible. Sound shapes, they can hold themselves. It's like a dinner plate and they can play with their fingers. Um, they also, it's very portable so they can tap their knee. Mm -hmm. So those are things that are those are two I always recommend. Um, I love maracas. Um, I tend to bring the bigger ones, the big bright red or bright blue maracas,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: but it depends on the, don't get toys. I mean, you see maracas that are available at discount stores, which are great for children. But I really respect our elders and I respect people with dementia. They understand that they don't want to be treated like children. So I have maracas that are very appealing and are very actually very easy to clean. But the nice thing about maracas is that you can, you can move with them. I am all about energy and make sure we provide a safe environment where they can move, they can dance, or they can tap their legs, or they can raise their arms. It's all about getting the whole body involved. You, know, you change your emotion by getting in motion. Mm-hmm. Exercise this is one way to be exercise, so that's what I would say is the maracas some drums, and um i, I the last thing is tactile stimulation is great, so I love bean bags because uh, it's cloth. I find especially people with later in later stages of dementia is they like to steal things they like to weight cloths, you know ribbons mm-hmm. scars. Those are great because a you can move with them, but it feels good, and uh, to them it feels great. And so I like doing a lot of balance with bean bags on our legs, on our shoulders. We clap together with bean bags, and then of course at the end of a an activity with bean bags, we always have a target where they toss a bean bag into the target, like a cornhole type thing. So I i in love with bean bags. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like to. I like to sew. So I've got all kinds of custom made bean bags that I use for my clients just because it's so much fun.
1: I guess I wouldn't have <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that with music therapy. Um the bean bags, yet they do make noise, and and they, you know, they have that texture too. I think that people are yeah. are looking for. Um, Craig, have you found any certain types of music um, help you? I mean, it sounds like you, you know, you have your hands on a lot of different types of things, or maybe even with others with dementia that you have seen really resonate. Um,
2: well, I, I, I grew up in the jazz background, at that. When I was in, when I was in high school, it was the end of the Big Band era, basically. Okay. Um, so I myself have played percussion. Yeah. When you're not playing trumpet, you you play percussion and a side in, in that era. Um, I go to a lot of spiritual music. Mm-hmm. Um, for when I'm having bad days, but I play. Um, a lot of classical music on my trumpet and um, a lot of jazz on my trumpet, too. So that that, that calms me down. Okay. Um, one thing I noticed, though, is that the trumpet is, it comes naturally because it was in my distant memory.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The guitar, I've been playing it for probably six months now and i'm still having trouble getting past the first three or four chords because my memory just doesn't serve me in that uh, direction
1: okay well that that makes sense well well, craig i tell you it
3: took me a long
1: time to play guitar (laughs) so guitar i I commend you for
3: trying it Uh, just stay with it you know that's awesome because guitar i mean that's that's very complicated
1: both hands yep. left and right. Oh, and you're playing chords? I'm impressed, it's amazing, great. Wonderful. Um, let's talk about, um, since we're talking about the guitar, can you talk a little bit about the harps? Because I've, I've heard of you know, the harp music and the vibration and they have the kind that just sit on your lap and stuff too, um, where, where they say people can really feel the sound
3: oh yes i have my favorite instrument which i don't bring out too a lot too much is the i call it my angel harp. Mm-hmm. this is it's an auto harp. like you said it sits on your lap it can also sit on your on your um shoulder mm-hmm. so you can read against your shoulder and one thing is, same with guitar um, the harp has got these strings and you feel the vibrations, and you feel the vibrations through your body. You know, King Sol talked about in the Bible how he uh, had David play his harp and helped him with his, dement- helped him with his depression. Mm-hmm. It sounds biblical text. And, and there's all, all kinds of stories in the Bible about music helping people. But yeah, so, yes, if you ever go to a harp concert, we had a harp concert not too long ago in my local area. It had six harpists on this hardwood floor, a very intimate concert, mm-hmm. I tell you, I felt so good because you just feel all those rhythms you just all the vibrations because your body can respond to that,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
3: and it's, it's the drums the same way. The drums have a vibration as well, especially get the, you know, the open, ended, the open uh, faced one, but drumming the same way you get the vibrations and your body responds to that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's automatic. It's entrainment. You know, your body responds to outside stimulus and the body, your blood pressure will change. Your pulse will change just because it reacts to it.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Now I've heard um, from some music therapists that that there are some dangers to using rhythm. Um, Can you talk about that? yes and i would
3: say after going to that dementia uh, virtual dementia tour mm-hmm. the one thing i realized as i was going through the tour uh, which is again simulation of something with dementia the best they know is um i was like wow the outside stimulus of with dementia i can see where rhythm really makes a big impact the biggest one is sound mm-hmm. is make sure you know with drumming with rhythm is that to make sure you have an watch the the, the atmosphere make sure it's not a, a very closed environment where people really um respond to sound in a negative way
0: mm-hmm.
3: also the rhythm you, know, you gotta know your your um your clients and if i if i can share a story about this i learned this the hard way but i'll never ever forget this example of, of how i Unintentionally used rhythm and it really triggered something. I didn't realize it triggered, but I was doing a, um, a drum circle for some veterans, uh, that were most days of 50, 60 year olds. So they, um, they were suffering from PTSD,
0: mm-hmm.
3: post stress disorder. And they asked me to do some drumming with them. And I, I know that's like, okay, yeah, really be careful with people, de- uh, with the depression and those kind of things. So as I was unloading my drums, all the veterans were helping me. You know, War, uh, sorry, the Korean War and also the um, the Gulf War veterans. Mm-hmm. They were helping me unload the drums, and they're like really having fun playing the drums. So I thought, okay, this will be fine. They're they're getting used to this.
0: Mm-hmm. So when it's
3: actually time for me to start my program, I had one of the veterans hold an ocean drum, which is a drum with beads inside of it to so mm-hmm. simulates the ocean. Sure. Sound of an ocean, and I had that going with that bass drum that I was playing a, a real quick beat with, mm-hmm. and it triggered some responses. I had a couple of people get up and just leave. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And they had told me later that that triggered a negative response of a memory of them being near the ocean. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So you got to be really careful with the rhythm and drumming, especially. It can be very. Uh, it, it can impact a trigger something, you could trigger gunshots. You know, I noticed that with veterans, you've got to be really careful, because I do a lot of uh, World War II veterans, veteran facilities, I'm very careful not to bring too loud and drum, because it could trigger um, something that you didn't mean to trigger. But yes, it could be uh, emotional, especially. It could be, again, the loudness. Mm-hmm. It could also agitate somebody, um, make it more anxious, because they're like, I don't want to hear this. I I, I just want to silence, you know. Mm-hmm. Silence. So, so yeah, those are some things you got to be really careful
1: with. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that makes total, total sense with that. I know, um, certain songs, a lot of times people will play, um, what they like for music. And it really has to be about what the person with dementia. Likes for music, um, Craig. Have you run yeah. into that where people are playing music that might trigger you one way or the other, um, and people are oblivious to it?
2: Oh yeah, um, real heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quote what a friend of mine says: that it, it starts like a pinball machine in your head. Um, you can't concentrate on anything, um, especially if there's lights involved. Also. Mm-hmm. It makes you very confused and you just, you, you have to leave the room.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And do do people, um, how do they respond when you leave the room? Or, or do they understand or are they just kind of oblivious?
2: Well, people that know me that I'm with, mm-hmm. um, they know why I left the
1: room because mm-hmm.
2: they've seen me deal with it before. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. But a heavy metal band doesn't really care why you left the room <laughs>
1: no, there's plenty they're, of...
2: they're there to make money and make noise so yeah.
1: there's plenty of others wow. that'll listen, yeah and be able to right. to stay um well that's a that's a great thank you for for sharing that. I know um some people will even talk about um songs like on Eagle's Wings or something like that. It might be a a loved one lost that brings them back. Or it, it could be even a, a song of when they were just a really young child that brings them back. And then, you know, they're, they, they will say that they're feeling lost um, and don't get comfort out of it because they're, they're looking for that comfort of the home that was. Um, have you run into that, Becky? Oh, yes. You
3: know, they, they call it the emotional, uh, your associations because we remember those, those feelings we had um it could be pure joy or it could be just the other pure loss oh yes i i don't intend you know i'm always looking how this music affected somebody Mm -hmm. and i I see that in fact just yesterday one of my facilities i was at we were doing a, a spiritual a gospel song and a man was just tearing up crying profusely and i was like oh no so i went and talked to him up up to the side he goes oh i just this means so much to me you know jesus our christ our savior died for us and and this song reminds me of that i mean it was that kind of tearing but it does bring back so many emotional associations of a loss of a loved one Mm -hmm. you know especially during the holidays during mother's day during Father's Day. For me, it could be during uh, Memorial Day. It's a very emotional experience for some of the stores that I go to because they have a lot of veterans that are living there.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
3: it's not a, and it's not a picnic. Yeah. You know, that's not what I have a holiday. And so I'm really careful of some of the patriotic music that I use because it just brings back you know, all the association memories. So yes, like I said, music is a gift, but it's also a risk. Yeah. You really got to be careful
1: with it. Yeah, yes. and some of the things you had talked about was the overstimulation um, or yeah. he- or hearing loss, um, increased anxiety, unexpected emotional responses can be triggered, yeah. or unwanted physical responses, and then just increased confusion. And I guess I've seen all of those, um, you know, uh, m- many times over um, in dealing with uh, various people who have had dementia in my life. Um and then I wanted to mention, because you've got a great handout, too, that, that uh, we link to that people can get from you that, that talk about music and, um, you know, the, the joys and how to use um you know rhythm, and I love the examples that you've that you've listed here, which is which is really neat. But before going over that, I also wanted to um, just highlight some other. Um, have you highlight some other responses or reactions that people should watch for when they're living with somebody with dementia? Um, and a lot of this can be, you know, as nonverbal stuff. Um, can right. you can you go over some of those things that people should just be yeah. on, on the outlook for? yeah so you also we talked about the, the
3: change in verbal expression mm-hmm. uh yelling or screaming i mean i'm only one of the facilities i go to uh we were just um starting a music the music therapy group and this man just start yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs saying i don't want to be here i mean it is something triggered and This first day he said that. And it wasn't necessarily the music, but it was just a combination of what was going on between the music and we had more people in the room. So it was one of those yelling and screaming examples that can bring in the the overstimulation or the change in verbal expression. Also, um, change in alertness. Mm -hmm. It um, may overstimulate or may over which is, which is, it can be very, you have to be very careful with it. So you energize somebody so much, especially with the drumming, if they're using their hand, they may not realize that they may hurt themselves physically by drumming too hard.
0: Uh-huh. I
3: see that a lot. They're so much fun in the moment of making music with drums. They don't realize that they're hurting their
0: hands.
3: Mm-hmm. So it's really, I do a lot of stretches before and after, you know, rub your hand. Because sometimes they get into it. Or the Moroccas, we're doing a really high-energy maraca movement exercise today. And I know everybody's hearts was pacing. Mine was up. I know theirs was too, which is a good thing. But you also got to make sure you don't over-energize them where they bring too much energy. Because they get so excited, and they may get up and start dancing, and they, it might be a fall risk. So mm-hmm. I just said that just be very careful. The music can really um, excite them too much. They um, get too into it. Um, they may change the orientation, orientation and time, mm-hmm. uh, place or person. So they may um, may bring it back. You know, I talked about the example with a veteran. Um, the drum beat might bring them back to uh, when they're marching you know being in the navy we did a lot of uh group exercises and we would call they called a uh, we read in formation Yodis, okay we run in formation and it's rhythm again it's rhythm and mm-hmm. um it may bring them back to those days when they may have their maybe their uh people that they served with uh the no the, the comrades they may not be still living so they may bring that up so yes um Okay. And change in breathing. Yeah. Change in breathing another another way up be there. watch the breathing. Make sure not over breathing or under.
1: Okay. Yeah. And just like the, the gaze and the eye. Um yeah. maybe trying to to wander, movement changes. I mean there's so many different things. If they look um stressed with their arms, you know, wrapped tight or their fists, you know, tight, um, there's there's something going on there. Um, that we need to we need to pay attention to uh, right or they them. or if
3: they cover their ears if mm-hmm. they cover their ears with their hands you know it's too loud mm-hmm. so yeah, one, two, yes watch yeah. too yes
1: yep now um can you can you explain this download that people can get cuz i think it's very uh it, it's just great information and you've titled it you know steps to creating connection and joy with rhythm
3: Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for for posting that for me you know, as I go to the memory care facilities, I I talked to many of the family members and staff saying, how can I, I'm here, you know, with my mother, with my father and I have no instruments, but I want to be able to have something to do that's fun. Yep. So what I created was 10 simple body percussion activities anybody can do.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: If you can count to four, you can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, so the very first part of the, the download or the, the handout is the steps to creating a connection with joy. Because as a TIPA Snow you know, certified trainer and coach, you really want to make sure the positive approach with um, personal positive care. And when you do that is make sure They see you first. You approach slow. Make sure they see you visually from the front. You want to get down to their eye level. And the biggest thing I can say is smile. You can never smile too much Mm -hmm. and then greet hello. But the steps there on how to create a connection, before you even even do the clapping, you want to make sure they acknowledge you, that you see them. Um, So the very first thing, like I said, if you can count to four, you can do this. Mm-hmm. The very first thing is counted breathing, um, where you do, you, you inhale for four beats, exhale for four beats. So you would say, breathe in, two, three, four, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. And you can start that with your breath, mm-hmm. and you're going to notice it's okay, to, and then gradually slow down the counting. Or if you want to get them um, with a more, more activity level, then maybe speed up the rhythm, speed mm-hmm. up the counting.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And then you can move your hands, you can stretch, you can wiggle your fingers to four beats. But those, that's the very first thing. I always start my activities with some type of deep breathing. Um, heartbeat rhythm is, is placing your hands on your heart and just do one, two, pause. Tap, tap, pause. So something with a heartbeat you know so that's the second thing you can do and i like doing a warm-up song it goes clap 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 your hands clap your hands together clap 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 your hands clap your hands together and you can tap your legs you can snap your fingers you can use your you know and then you can go faster slower The advantage of using your body and using your voice or chanting is that you can, you can change the tempo. You can Mm -hmm. make it slower or faster, softer or louder. So that's the wonderful thing about body percussion. You have it with you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's nice. There's there's, there's
3: 10 of those. There's 10 activities you can do. There's so much fun.
1: Well, and the the one thing that I remember is, you know, with my mom is I, I can't sing, but she didn't care, you know, because it was about the rhythm. It wasn't about the tone. And and I don't know, Craig, maybe, maybe you have a, a difference there, but I know with my mom, she just didn't care. She just wanted to have fun. And, um, and maybe she was tone deaf from me over all those years. I don't know. <laughs> but um, have you found um, for you... Is tone a big issue, or is it more the rhythm that engages you?
2: Um, tone's a big issue with me because I've always been um, on spot game. on as far as tuning.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: So I'm very fussy when it comes to someone singing off-key, for instance. It drives me nuts.
1: Okay, and it it um, does me, too. So um, so that's something to to be aware of, too, in terms of if you're engaging um, with somebody, knowing how they, how they feel about that. So good point. Good well, point.
3: and Lori, I will say that's why I love the drum. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to sing. I have never had a voice lesson.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I have never had a percussion drum lesson. But those are the two things I use the most. Because it's me, it's my voice. But I, I agree with Craig, it's the tone of your voice that matters mm-hmm. It's your voice It's your connection It's your relationship with your voice mm-hmm. so yes your tone of voice is a huge huge um impact but chanting you know speaking in rhythm is just as well trust me i i i deal with people who don't want to sing and that's quite all right mm-hmm. i just want to just just talk it or just tap it mm-hmm. before you know it but I, I, that's why I love percussion. You don't have to use your
1: voice. Mhm. Okay, well, that's great to know. Um, Becky, why don't you give people the, the best contact information to get a hold of you? We have it listed um, on the website. It's on the blog. It's on the radio show page. It's on Facebook and stuff. But why don't you go ahead and give people, you know, phone phone number and website and so forth?
3: My phone number is uh, area code 7575. Three three, four eight eight. So seven five seven five six three three four eight eight. My website is music four with number four wellness W E L L N E S dot net and my email is Becky BECKY at music m-u-s-i-c the number four wellness.net and i also have a youtube channel um we to go on there and i'm always looking for ways to help that's why i created this little handout for 10 ways to connect with rhythm because i see a tremendous opportunity to help families care partners to improve the relationships through connection with their loved one, and treasure what they have left. I mean, rhythm is retained. Everything that is lost with someone with dementia, rhythm is one of those preserved skills. So isn't poetry? So mm-hmm. isn't prayer? Uh, but treasure what they have left. Treasure those moments, and just
1: celebrate what they have left. And rhythm is one of those great gifts. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Becky. I really appreciate it. Craig, is there any last question that you'd like to ask Becky?
2: I'd like to commend her on what she's doing. Um, You see, I've I've been in nursing homes and stuff and played Christmas carols, and it's amazing the response that you get from the uh, older patients. And what she's doing is probably aiding these people more than she knows mm-hmm.
3: um, oh thank you yes thank you craig you know and it, it is it's such a fulfilling um i just feel like i'm i've living my mission with what i supposed just be doing now now even though my, my old mother is no longer with us her spirit is with me and she's always telling me, "I told you so." You should do music. You should do music. <laughs> so now she's saying it more ways than one. But music helps us connect spiritually as well, and that's one thing you can't really put words on it. Is how it brings us to a transcendent level where we can we can go deeper with building community. You know, the people with dementia they they lose so much, but but there's so much social isolation that when we are together in a group with other people, with your loved one, it's just being with them, being physically present with them. And you can do that with music and they come together with music and be able to celebrate and enjoy it in a meaningful, purposeful task. Everybody feels so good. So I am just so honored to be able to share this wonderful gift with people and i love sharing this I, I do a lot of keynote presentations a lot of a co-experiential where it's a uh, interactive so if anybody's are looking for an you know interactive keynote present presenter i love to travel so
1: okay well thank you so much and craig thank you for participating and and um being my co-host today i really appreciate it Um, For those of you that are listening, uh, you may be new to the Alive and Social Network. I would encourage you to check out Rachel Perrin, uh, who is the Culinary Director of Kowalski's Market, along with her producer and sidekick, Adam Lee. They talk with all their foodtastic friends and colleagues and chat about seasonal flavors and favorite foods and trending topics in, in nutrition, and their program is called What's for Dinner Tonight, and it's only about 10 to 15-minute long podcast, but it gives you ideas on, uh, you know, helping you figure out what the heck you're, you're going to make that evening, or maybe you're, you know, planning out. You might want to go to Kowalskis.com and get a full uh, menu of ideas, and thats k o w a l s k i s. kowalski dot K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S.com, Kowalskis.com. If you um, haven't listened to our recent shows, you might want to check them out. We've been doing this for years now, and so all of our shows are archived. But we just had the gals on from Dementia Raw Training last week, and they were a hoot. And they talk about their unscripted and unconventional and unapologetic ways, and they use improv. Um, in terms of training. So that was a really fun show. We've also talked about triumphs, uh, struggles, and passions uh, with somebody who was living with dementia. We talked about um, horseplay and horse therapy and the gifts wrapped in Alzheimer's. Lots of lots of fun, fun shows. Our last Dementia Chats, which is actually a video interview uh, with people who are diagnosed with dementia. Craig is actually one of our experts. Um, we talked about advocacy roles, um, duties, and su- succession plans. Um, so as the disease carries forward, you know, how does that wand get passed to the next guy? I also want to note that I am going to be in Cherville, uh, uh, Indiana, on February 13th, and uh, Mokina, Illinois, on the 14th, and El Illinois on the 15th. We're going to be doing screenings of his neighbor, Phil. So check with me on on more details with that. You may want to look at the blog. You'll find a letter that Michael Ellenbogen wrote to the president, as well as some videos uh, that um, Sixty and Me uh, did uh, with me um, on dementia. Last, I'll just give a shout out to our friends at the Caregiver Alert Center. Um, I should say the call alert center, but the caregiver alert center is kind of dementia related there. And also calendar cards who provides the Memory Cafe directory, which is just really easy to work with. Until next time, have a blessed week. Bye now.